All right, so we're just going to dive right in today. It'll be good. We're going to start in Mark 9, but I'm going to pray first. So, uh, yeah, good to see you all. Father God, I just thank you for tonight. I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you for your word that you just continue to reveal yourself more and more to us. Reveal your love, reveal your word, reveal your intentions and heart to us. I just thank you, God. You are so good, and um, you love us so completely and so well, and just help us to know that and believe that. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence in this place tonight. Amen. All right, so we're going to start over in Mark 9, uh, verse 14. All right, Mark 9, we're going to start in verse 14. You know, this story, I was just this week going, God, what's on your heart, and what do you want to talk about? And, you know, I said... Back, uh, early in March when we started, when I started teaching, um, you know, John had just come out of teaching about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and a, a, just an overview of what those are. And I really wanted to dive into a little of the practical and what does that look like. And so this week I was just asking God, you know, what what is on your heart and what do you want to talk about? And he brought these verses up, which was kind of strange at first, but I'd already been feeling like we need to talk about the relational side of ministering in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know, and I, I, I alluded to that a little last week when I talked about identity. Like, we don't want to put on this weird persona or identity. We want to make sure we are healthy as best as we can be and growing in our identity and the health of our identity and knowing um, who we are as we minister to people. So we're not, you know, we're not being manipulative. We're not being, we're not projecting onto other people our own fears or struggles which I meant to tell this story, you know, I have a really good friend who is amazing and, you know, I totally trust her walk with God, but I also know this is, this is life, right? We kind of, we know when we're in a relationship, we know people have strengths and weaknesses. I don't mean, you know, we don't throw out everything they can bring to the table because we know, well, sometimes this weakness pops out. So she called me one day and said, oh my gosh, I had this dream or sometimes it's her daughter that has the dream and you had you know, I don't know what I did. I had misplaced my baby, who was little at the little little at the time. She's like, "Yeah, you just left her in the side of the road in her car seat," and and then we were all so sad and we couldn't find her. And you know, she kind of was telling me as a warning, and her intentions were good, but there was fear. What I got out of it was I had to struggle through fear for a couple weeks. So in saying that, we need to be aware of where we aren't strong in our identity and where we struggle, you know, I struggle with fear as well. And um, so I had to walk through that. But does that make sense? So we don't want to ever bring somebody a word or minister to them in fear or in uh, shame or, you know, our own doubts. Okay, we don't want to bring those things to the table. So as purely and as faithfully as we can minister, we want to be doing that. And part of that is just self-awareness and knowing where I am weak, where I do struggle in an area, so that if something comes into my head, oh, I should tell so-and-so this warning about getting in an accident. You know, I had a dream uh, this, uh, in the last 10 days. <laughs> Some time. What was my new phrase for time? In this last season, I had a dream. I can't keep track of time. Where something bad happened to my sister. And I didn't know what it was, but I just remember being in a situation, it, was, it wasn't quite a funeral, but it was after that, and it was just such sorrow. Well, you know what? I did not get on the phone with her and go, oh my gosh, I just had a dream that you died, and are you okay, and do you need to go to the doctor? Like, I did not, 
I prayed for her. I prayed for her. I prayed for her safety. I prayed for her protection. If it was a warning, great. If not, she got some extra protection and prayer, great. But I was not going to speak fear into her life in that moment. Does that make sense? So anyway, so I've been going through all this, you know, and being relational and how can we do this and not be weird and how can we do this and really help people connect their hearts to the heart of God, which is the goal. And all, you know, what did I write down? It's down in the notes. Um, the spiritual gifts, we'll get there later. You'll have to wait for it. Stay tuned. It's a cliffhanger. Okay, so let's go to Mark 9. I need to stick to the notes. Mark 9, we're starting in verse 14. I'm reading from the NLT. When they returned to the other disciples, so Jesus and his favorite disciples were off doing something else. They come back. When they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them, and some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed and with awe, and they ran to greet him. What is all this arguing about, Jesus asked. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into the fire or into water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean, if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak. He said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up. Okay, so we're going to stop there, and I want to break apart some of the things I feel like God was showing me. And again, keep it in context. We're talking about how to minister to people in such a way, flowing in the gifts of the Spirit, talking to them in our everyday life, and just normal everyday life, plus if the Holy Spirit wants to manifest and come give us a word of wisdom or knowledge or a prophecy, a prophetic word or something, great, that, that comes too. But it was so interesting because I'm laying there meditating on, God, what do you want to talk about next? And what, where have we been going? And this popped up. And I hadn't been reading in Mark. I actually stick to John, which I shouldn't, but I have my favorite gospel. So Jesus comes on the scene, and the first thing he says is, what are you guys arguing about? So I'm guessing they're arguing. It's, it's the religious leaders and the disciples arguing and I'm guessing they're arguing about who's right, whose theology is best. See, I knew you couldn't do it. See, Jesus isn't real. See, Jesus doesn't really deliver or heal people. I just have a feeling that was the undertone, that, that the religious leaders are like, we got him now. They couldn't do this. Okay? Here's the thing. Arguing theology never brings about changed hearts. It never brings about faith. And it doesn't bring an encounter with the miraculous. Okay? Arguing theology doesn't do that. So... Don't get caught up in those arguments. And, and part of that is 
we'll get there in a second. So don't get caught up in those arguments. Okay, the original language here says the scribes, so the religious leaders, were disputing, questioning, and examining the disciples. Okay, they're interrogating the disciples, you know, um, and probably interrogating their belief in Jesus. You know, why isn't the boy freed? Why isn't he set free and healed? Why is he sick in the first place? Is it the father? We've seen this before. You know, is it the father's fault? Is it the, is it the kid's fault? You know, why, why is he demon-possessed in the first place? What have you done wrong? Because in Jewish culture, it's such a, a common uh, in, a common idea that following God brings the blessing of God and it brings the, you know, you're not going to be sick if you're following God. So whose fault is this? Okay. And see, Jesus isn't really who he says he is. Jesus doesn't really heal or free people. See, Jesus can't use you. Whatever the argument is, don't in your hearts and in your minds when you are ministering to people, you're probably going, amen, I should be listening to this because we've had some of these conversations when I go, I shouldn't be talking to people. (laughs) But um, don't let those lies get into your head that say, oh my gosh, who am I to minister healing to somebody when I haven't received my healing? Who am I to, administer, to, to, to speak about freedom and deliverance to somebody when I have had or have a struggle, when I haven't seen breakthrough in an area, right? I have a situation in, in, that's been stirred up in me again where there was a season where I went, I was praying for babies. I was praying for babies in the womb that were not healthy, and I was praying for babies that were born that weren't healthy. Sorry. Ah, it's a gift. It's a gift. <laughs> it's a gift of the Spirit to weep uncontrollably. No. Um, and, and for a while, they all died. And I laid that down. I said, I am not going to pray for people's babies. This is not working out, and I don't want people's babies to die. You know, and obviously it's not my fault. But God has stirred that up again, and he goes, you need to keep praying for those unborn babies, and you need to keep praying for the, the babies that are born needing help. And don't let the lies that say, well, it didn't work before. Jesus didn't come through then. Don't let those lies into your heart when you're ministering to people go, yeah, all the babies die when you pray for them. So I wouldn't pray for that baby that you know they're perfectly fine now but once you pray for them who knows okay I know it's insane but those are that's my real example and I'm sure you all can relate and hang something on a hook like that that goes oh yeah I've done that in this scenario yeah anybody or it's just or here's therapy time with Annie we do this a lot too all right um so here's what I wrote down we cannot when we minister to people, allow the lies and doubts about ourselves, our character, and our nature to be interrogated by the devil in that moment. We are there to minister his life and his freedom, and the devil is going to try to interrogate you out of it and to question you out of bringing heaven to earth in that moment. Keep your eyes. Here's what you do do. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on his love, his love for you, his love for that person. Keep, you know, stay fixed on he is powerful, he is strong, he will do what he said he will do. Do what you see him doing and say what you hear him saying. That's what we do in the moment. We just, God is good and I'm going to pay attention to this. And I can't, I can't let those lies in at that moment. I knew a gal whose um, husband, and I don't remember why, he worked construction, so I don't know if there was a, an accident on the job site or just being around loud machines, but he came home one day and he couldn't hear out of one of his ears, and so she was praying for him, and she, she did what she saw 
God doing? And that was punching him in the ear. And I don't think it was hard. Maybe you have more to the story, so this isn't an appropriate story, but it was interesting to me. And then his hearing returned. Um, so that's a real risk, an act of faith and marriage. But, um, <laughs> but it's things like that, like this doesn't make sense, but I see God telling me to, you know, gosh, I was ministering, this comes up, I was ministering to a gal at a remedy one night who, who struggled with, um, struggles, hopefully not anymore, but struggled with um, arthritis all through her body, so much pain all the time. And I went up to her and I said, hey, this is weird, but I feel like God is telling me to do this thing. And, I, and it was something like standing behind her back and breaking off curses or something. I'm like, I have to act this out and I don't know why. And so there I was looking weird. Luckily, she stood in the back, so nobody else had to see it. You just do what God is showing you to do, and you've got to just focus in on that. Okay, here's another thing kind of, kind of wrapped into these ideas. When praying for somebody, especially for healing or, well, any, any situation that's not good, right? Don't let them tell you so much about the situation that they talk you out of your faith that you had when you, when you ran into them. Um, I heard, heard a minister say, you know, sometimes people come up and they're like, I have to tell you everything that's wrong with me. And they're coming saying, I, I want God to heal it all. But fix this, you know, yeah, I need, here's everything that's wrong because so, I want the complete healing. But actually what it did was it, <laughs> he, what did he say? He goes, you don't, he didn't say this to her, but he said in his heart, he's like, you don't need a healing. You need a resurrection. Like you need to be raised from the dead, you know? So don't let, you know, when people are telling you how bad things are, how sick they are, you know what? Great. Give me a basic idea. You know, what are we praying for? Do you need, is it a creative miracle? Do you need a new eye or new piece to your eye? Or, you know, are we just healing some vision thing? You know, is it a healing or is it a creative miracle? Just get the basics and then trust God. I heard a story recently I think it was Bill Johnson out of Bethel. He said, you know, gosh, I should pay more attention to some of these stories. But, um, you know, somebody got a word of knowledge about kidney stones. And this guy had kidney stones monthly for most of his life. He was born with three kidneys uh, and had two of them were diseased. And so those were taken out. So he has one kidney, kidney stones on a regular basis. This, this person has a word of knowledge about somebody in here has kidney stones and God is going to heal you. He gets healed. He goes to the doctor, gets some... Uh, x-rays, and the doctor goes, yep, both of your kidneys are perfectly fine. He's like, whoa, 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 I have one kidney. Go check the paperwork. And the guy's like, the doctor says, well, this must be the wrong file. Let's take more x-rays. Sure enough, that word of knowledge, so my, my point is, you know, we don't need to know all the details. God's going to do what God needs to do in a situation. So don't let people talk you out of that miracle in the moment. Make sense? Um, Jesus begins to talk to the father, and I love this. You know, he starts by saying, how long has this been happening? How long has your son been this way? What he's doing, I believe, and what he's shown me is he's making a heart connection with the father. And I believe he's trying to make that connection to show the father what's in his heart and the unbelief that's there and the fear that's there. And, and just be really relational in this moment by getting some information about the situation and it's so interesting because as he's doing this, the demon begins to manifest. But Jesus just turns to the father. He's like, so how long has this been going on? Not concerned with the outward manifestation of the demon. Okay, he just starts having this conversation with the father. Um, 
so here's a story kind of, I don't know if this will help, but one thing I work hard on as a parent, uh, especially the parent living in a small community, going to a small church, and you guys are great, but I have had situations where people um, like to tell me how my parenting is. Um, which, whatever. <laughs> what I've had to work through, and I had to, from, the, from day one, because I grew up in a situation where I was told, don't do that, don't act that way, people are watching. You're gonna make us look bad, you're gonna look stupid. Don't, don't do that. So that's what I grew up in. I'm like, well, I don't want my kids feeling like their every move is scrutinized and they can't be themselves and that they're not allowed to have a bad day, okay? So I started working through this um, parenting from my values and my understanding of what's going on with my child rather than parenting from what I think others are thinking about my kids in a situation, okay? Yeah, my kids are gonna be up here and they're probably gonna give me some attitude sometimes, and they're probably going to not be obedient all the time when you see me. And they're probably going to scream, like I said last week, through an entire one-hour shopping trip. Um, you know, so I get to parent from my values. I get to parent from knowing they haven't slept in three days because they don't feel good. And we need to go to the grocery store. We need to get this done. So I can parent from that rather than punishing what I see. So all to say that, the demon is manifesting, and we need to keep in mind, when we're ministering to people, crowds are going to be watching. People are going to be watching and scrutinizing. Um, so those demons might be manifesting, but we need to be fixed on ministering from love for the person and seeking redemptive solutions. Not worried about what the crowd thinks you should do. Wow, the demon is manifesting. The boy is, you know, doing its, the, it's doing its thing with the boy and hurting him and damaging him and doing these crazy things. Ignore the devil. You minute and ignore the crowds. You have, we have got to stand up and go. What is God doing in this moment? What is He saying in this moment? And just continue to love and connect to the person. Okay, in that moment. Um, and don't panic when the demon manifests. Just go after that connection and that relationship. And Jesus in this story, he had enough wisdom to know there were things in the Father's heart that needed to be addressed first to lay a good foundation for moving forward with his son's deliverance and health. Okay, and so Jesus wanted to draw out of the Father that unbelief and probably the fears. And again, the cultural things that are going on about why your kid is even sick in, in the first place. Um, and I'm sure this father had been dealing with the frustration of his son's condition, his bondage, for a long time, feeling powerless, feeling hopeless, feeling ashamed, um, feeling guilty possibly, okay? Jesus says to him, you know, because he says, oh, Jesus just says to him, anything is possible if a person believes, okay? So Jesus doesn't put more shame on him. He doesn't address why it happened. He just says, anything's possible. He lifts the burden of, of blame. He gives hope. Anything is possible, okay? Um, so verse 23, let's, on that, on that note, anything is possible if a person believes. Again, don't listen to the naysayers, the fear, the shame, and the doubt. There is power in that um, anything is possible. That means can become able, capable, or competent for any task. There is power that can cause you in a moment to become able, capable, and competent for a task, to see that miracle come to pass. Um, for those that believe, this is from the Greek word, if you back it up uh, to its root, the Greek word for faith, okay? For those that believe, for those that have faith, this word speaks of a person who is presently believing right now with faith, actively reaching forward to grab and hold what God has promised. 
Okay, so believe, have faith, actively reach out and grab hold of that. And then this was interesting. This is the part that actually started me in this verse was the, the phrase here that says, when the crowds of onlookers was growing. Okay, then Jesus sees the crowd growing and he casts the demon out of the boy. Jesus was trying to have this relational moment with the father and he did. Get to the heart issue. Get to what's going on in the father's heart. You know, God wants to minister to the whole person. He wants to minister to their heart, to the, the shame or the fears or the um, struggles that, are in the, that got them where they're at or that, that they're dealing with because of where they're at. He wants to heal the body. He wants to heal the, the thought processes and the way we think. Okay, We need to be listening to hear how God wants to heal the whole person. So Jesus, in the moment, I love that he is dealing with the Father on this level, but then the, the crowds kept gathering. More and more people are coming. It's becoming kind of a scene. It's becoming an issue. And he valued and honored that family so much, he didn't want them to become a spectacle. So as the crowds keep coming, he just turns and he goes, he just gets the job done and picks the boy up. Okay, he doesn't want, again, there's value and there's honor. It's not about Jesus, you know, needing more crowds to have that recognition. See, I am the Messiah. I am the healer. He was having a relational moment for as long as he could. And then when that was going to get violated, and when that, that was at risk, he just did what needed to be done and sent them on. You know, make sense? The goal in anything we speak to someone is to love them well and help them connect their heart to Jesus. That's our goal in ministry, whatever it is. Um, you know, and, and maybe we should tear down the idea of ministry. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are the priests of God. You have the spirit of God inside of you. You have the word of Jesus in you. You are here not just biding your time until we go to heaven, but you are here to impact this world and do, honestly, I believe, to do the original mandate, which was to go and fill the earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done. That's our mandate. Go into all the earth and bring Jesus where you go. Not into all, and as Justin pointed out, obviously we're not here to save the whole world. You go into your part of the world, I'll go into mine, and that'll cover about all of it if we're doing our job. You go into your workplace and you bring life and you work with excellence and you have, I love getting to do my job. I mean, even stupid things, like I remember being at a job and the printer would not print. I tried everything. And I'm kind of, at the time, I was better. Now I'm just like, whatever, can we call IT? <laughs> Which is John. <laughs> yeah, this wasn't last week. Last week I called IT, uh, the IT department over here. Uh, <laughs> He's got a lot of jobs, mechanic, IT, counselor. Um, you know, years ago, and it was like I was pretty good at troubleshooting some computers and stuff. I could not figure this out. And finally, I was like, Holy Spirit, will you show me what to do? And literally, he told me to restart something, the computer. I'd already done that. I was like, I already did that. I did it anyway, and it worked. So, you know, like... You can have simple solutions, and if you start with trusting him for the simple solutions, how to be more effective, how to communicate better, how to do your job better, he's going to give you more opportunity and more wisdom to speak into that business and that workplace and the lives around you. So goal, 
goal in whatever you do to love the people around you well and help connect their heart to Jesus. And this is, you know, we're talking about the, we have been talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and I, I've kind of given up on that. I'm just talking about, like, let's just live like we're supposed to live in Jesus. So just so you know, I've given up on trying to put it in a box. Okay, the Holy Spirit points to Jesus. That is what he does. He is always pointing people, pointing our hearts to Jesus and leading us into the truth, who is Jesus. Um, So why would the gifts he gives us do anything other than that? He's giving us a word of knowledge for somebody. That's not new information. That's not, oh my gosh, this just became. It's it's God saying, I'm going to uncover this. I'm going to show you this secret about this person so that through the Holy Spirit, so that they can be drawn to Jesus. That's, that's what the Holy Spirit does. Always pointing to Jesus, revealing him to the people we're talking to. Um, and when we reveal Jesus to people, we are revealing the life-giving word that has the power to transform their health, their relationships, that situation they're in. Okay, we're pointing them to the solution. We're pointing them to life. And so the Holy Spirit just, oh, just let him out. Oh. So um, I'm going to go if you'd like to join me, to John 14 really quickly. And I love 14 through 17, 12 through 13, 12, 13 through 17. Those are all really good. Some of my favorite verses. <coughs> so starting in verse 15, if you love me, Jesus is speaking, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all the truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. And we all can say, and he's in me now. Okay? This is, now we're on the other side of that. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. And then jump down to verse 26. When the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Holy Spirit is always leading us into truth, revealing Jesus to us. Okay, and I just love that. Then, and I, it, then those gifts that the Holy Spirit, as he manifests in us and through us for healing, for prophecy, for words of wisdom or words of knowledge, and all the other ones I don't remember right now, as he manifests, you know, faith, as he manifests through you in that way, it, the, remember, the purpose is always love people and connect them to Jesus. Okay? And I just throw this out there because I love it. Often truth in the Bible is, could be better translated as reality. Okay, we're pointing people to reality. God is good. God loves you. Jesus heals all these things, okay? Hope, healing, life, encouraging, equipping, breakthrough, all these things. We're pointing them to the reality of their situation, not just the, tr- the uh, facts about their situation, okay? God wants people to encounter him, and people's hearts are crying out for this reality. I, I just became friends with a mom on Facebook, uh, one of Jordan's moms. The mom world is so scary. <laughs> I'm not good at it. But anyways, Facebook's good. It's safe. Um, she posts all these things about love and relationship and connection. And it's not wrong, but I know there's no Jesus behind it. And the world is wanting what is real love. I heard, I had one of these guys, one of the ministers I follow on Facebook, 
um, posted as his status one day. It was um, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, sorry, 1 Corinthians 13. The, the verses on love, love is patient, love is kind, but it was from the Passion Translation. You should check it out. It's really beautiful. And people were commenting, like, and I, I, I want to think people that are following this well-known minister are probably believers, and they're saying, wow, I want that kind of love. The world is so hungry for what we have and what we carry. We can't, we, we've got to start releasing that. Um, let's see. And they, you know, they're designed, people are designed to encounter and carry this word. They're designed for this relationship with Jesus. So there's this crying out in them and they don't know where to reach and they don't know what, what it is that should fill that. And then, of course, there's all kinds of lies about who Jesus is and then Christians, you know, we, we can make messes of things and push people away, which we're trying not to do here. Um, and they don't always have the right words to say what that need is or to say what that desire in them is. But when they taste and see that God is good in a real way through healthy believers, they're going to know this is reality. They're going to know this is true. Um, here's that cliffhanger I had that I couldn't remember earlier. The miracles that we walk in open the way for the message. These miracles, these move, this moving of the Holy Spirit, its purpose, its intention, his intention in doing that through us is to open the way for the message. When I have a word of knowledge about you that reads your mail, that nobody should know, and then on top of that, there's a healing that accompanies it or a, a freedom or you, they sense the peace and love of God in that moment, that opens the way. How did you know that? Are you a psychic? Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, dreadlock guy. Todd White. Todd White. Thank you. <laughs> See? <laughs> There's only one of him. He's pretty fun. He always says, no, I'm not a psychic. I'm a son. You're a son. What does that mean? I am the son of a God who is good and loves you. And he told me about you because he wants you to know that he sees you and he loves you and he knows you. Make sense? The miracles open the way for the message. Let's go to John 1, 1 through 5. These are my all-time favorite verses in the whole world. I could just read them over and over and over again in every translation. John 1, starting in verse 1. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Okay, in everything we do, we get to partner with Jesus, the word. Okay, in the beginning, the word already existed. Jesus is the word of God revealed to us on earth, made, it put its on flesh and blood, okay? He's the um, perfect representation of God in his heart. In everything we do, we get to partner with Jesus, the word, as we speak over others, God's words, okay? What are you doing when you speak, speak out God's words? Whether that is a scripture that you're quoting, and you know, it's so funny because I love... I love Proverbs. You can quote Proverbs or uh, uh, the heart of a verse in Proverbs and people are going to be like, whoa, 
you're like, yeah, I know, because it's life. It's Jesus. But, you know, we can, so, so my point in that is you don't have to say, well, Proverbs 3.1 says, and you should adjust your life to this, because you can say, you know, here's what I've learned. Here's a truth, and you package it. It's still the word of God, but you, you, you take it to him and go, here's some life. Or, what's that? Look what I found. Look at this treasure that I found in my life. That's a great, beautiful way of saying it. Or even if it's a, you know, a, a, anyway, that word of wisdom or knowledge, we get to speak those words over God, um, God's words over people, and that releases Jesus on the scene, okay, through wisdom and revelation that brings life to others. This word, this hope, this promise that we speak over others, here's the thing, it didn't originate with us, but it existed before the beginning as we know it. It existed before someone had the problem. It existed before someone was sick. This solution, this word, this power, it existed. It was on the scene before that problem was. Our job is to partner with the Holy Spirit to unveil this word that gives life and light to everything. We get to, you know what I think of when I think of how God has designed church, and Justin alluded to this on Sunday, that I don't know why God thought, I know. I'll get this group of people, I will, I will skip, put them in right relationship with God through the sacrifice of my son. I will, I will infuse them with my Holy Spirit. And hopefully they'll let, let him seep out of their every pore. And then they will change the world. I just don't know. I wouldn't have chosen that kind of a plan. And here's what I think of when I think of how that actually works on the earth. Have you ever tried to cook with a child? My kids love to help me cook. At the end of the process, there is a bigger mess. There is chocolate powder everywhere. There will be eggshells in the batter. There will be dropped eggs on the floor. It's so much messier. It takes so much longer to cook with your children. But Hopefully, as a good mama that's not impatient and like, I just want to get this done. We're all starving. I can, we can talk through the process. We can, I'm teaching them. I'm training them. They're going to get better at this. I don't want a college kid calling home because they don't know how to do their laundry. Okay, we're going to do the messy stuff. We're going to have mistakes. I don't know why God wants to do it that way. But here's the thing. We're going to make mistakes. And we're going to miss it, and there's going to be failures. I think we're a lot more worried about that than God is. He's not worried about his reputation. He's not worried about you. You know, he's not going to fall off his throne if you miss a word or you pray for somebody and they didn't get healed. He's good. He just wanted you to be obedient. He wanted you to walk in knowing that he's good and just. And here's the thing I don't know where we are. Sean Boltz tells a story. Even in our failures, if our goal is love and connection to the people around us, it won't be a failure. It, and he's real. Yeah. Yes. And we're real being a failure. Um, yeah. I, hopefully I can remember that for a second. I have another thought on that. Sean Boltz tells a story about being in a Starbucks. And this guy gets details. Details about people. He had, he just, I just, in his book, read a story about there was a couple sitting behind them at a restaurant, and he goes up and says, hey, does this number mean anything to you? It was their bank account number. <laughs> and uh, then he tried to offer to pay for their meal because they were struggling financially. He goes, 
you might as well let me do it. I know your bank account number. I could just go deposit the money. I'm going to do this. But um, he says, he goes up to this guy in a Starbucks, feels really drawn to him. He goes, hey, is your name Steve? And the guy goes, no, no, it's not. Or do you have an uncle named Steve or something? I don't even know if that's the right name. Something along those lines. And he goes, oh, okay, sorry. I, I, never mind. And he goes, wait, wait, why did you ask me that? And Sean's like, oh, darn it. <laughs> I'm going to have to admit that I'm a Christian and that I got it wrong. But he so humbly just says, you know, I'm a Christian and I'm learning to hear from God. And um, I just thought maybe, you know, that would connect with you and that God wanted to speak in your life. He goes, oh, my gosh, I have been wanting to talk to somebody that believes they hear from God. It still opened a door. It was a wrong word, and it still opened the door to have this connection and this relationship and for, you know, Sean to be able to speak life into this guy at Starbucks. Um, you know, and you said, you know, we're real and we're failing. I, I get up a lot, and um, I'm trying to grow in this, and I do fail a lot, and I get so many people just saying, which... <laughs> <laughs> which I think is kind of funny. Like I would rather just learn and get it, but instead I get to learn and fail so that all of you have hope that you could do this too. Because I get so many words and so much feedback back that like, thank you for trying. Thank you for demonstrating what it's like to just be vulnerable and to, you know, stand up and go, I think I'm hearing from God. Anybody, does this mesh with anybody? And everybody's like, crickets. Nope, not me. I'm like, Awesome, Jesus is good, let's keep worshiping. So anyway, even when you're not getting it, being real, being vulnerable, being normal and not weird, is it will help. It will still connect people. Um, you know, and one thing I've worked on over the years is just communicating God truths in a way that people will understand clearly. Okay, and that's the heart of love, right? Like, I could speak all the languages of earth and I could come up here and have all the deep theological terms and meanings and, you know, try to wow you and, and that wouldn't be loving because you would just be like, well, that was impressive, but I didn't get anything out of it. So I think even as we're ministering and t again, like taking that word and not saying, well, Proverbs 3.21 says in my Bible, but just saying, here's a really good truth I found that works in my life. You know, here's... Here's what I found about life or marriage or raising kids. You know, it can be quoted verbatim from the word of God, but you are sharing it in a life-giving way to those around you. So, um, and that's the heart of love, right? Sound that clear call that brings people into truth. Um, and that means you've got to internalize it and process it and think about it and, and live it and be able to communicate it in everyday language that people can uh, connect to. So on that note about just communicating in ways that people can connect with, I had to go turn it on again today, but I had heard a podcast. Sean Bol so if you want to grow in this and if you want to be encouraged in this, Sean Boltz has a podcast where he interviews different people in ministry, in entertainment, in business, um, different kinds of leaders, and he just asks them about their spiritual journey, their faith journey, the risks they take, the, the words they've got, you know, God has had them give or get. It's really encouraging, and it's, it's you know, again, we're not looking for a, an, uh, a pattern that says A plus B always equals C, but we're looking for, oh, I didn't know God could or would minister in that way to these people. And that's what's encouraging to me. I'm like, oh, okay, it just opens my 
It expands my understanding of how and where and when God could move so that I can be more aware in those situations myself. So this one guy tells stories. I guess he used to, he would go to like, uh, what's the word, like new age conventions or psychic conventions, and he'd set up a booth. So there were a couple ladies in London. They said, oh, a psychic fair is coming to, to our town. We want to set up a booth. What should we do? And how, you know, and they were kind of just excited. So these he describes them as older. He says, I can't really say that because I'm getting older now. But it's older ladies. They're literally sitting there crocheting and knitting. And then somebody would come up. And they had like this menu. And it would say things like, I had to write them down. You know, uh, would you, it was a menu of what you'd like, like them to uh, do for you. And there was encounter the truth. You know, would you like to encounter a spirit of truth today? Or, and the other one that was good was um, spiritual cleansing. Would you like a spiritual cleansing today? You know, and it's so funny because we can get all bunched up about that. But uh, people, again, they don't have the language to know. And we can't be religious as we do this. They get spiritual cleansing. Yeah, I, this is a mess. My mind, my will, my emotions, my whole spiritual life, it's a mess. I need a cleansing And all they do is they get words of wisdom and knowledge and they get prophecy and they help them feel connected to the Holy Spirit. And they don't say the Holy Spirit, but they're they're connecting him and they're like, and then we just trust that when they make that connection to God and when they taste and see that goodness, they will then be able to, you know, and I'm sure there's some follow-up, but just that, you know, yeah, I want a spiritual cleansing. And then they're like, whoa, what is this feeling? I've never felt this much peace the miracle opens the way for the message. But, you know, I, I just think of growing up, and that would have been so far off the radar to think of something like Christians don't go to psychic fairs. Christians don't walk the red light district. You might get a reputation. So... Um. And the other thing I just loved, and we kind of mentioned this already, ask questions when we're flowing in the gifts. You know, be, be relational, be approachable. And then there's a humility in that. Like, hey, I'm feeling, does, does this word or phrase uh, mean anything to anybody? Or does it mean anything to you? Is your, is your uncle's name Steve? Well, no, it's not. Okay, great, you know. Um, we just get to be kind of normal in this. Um, so... So I just have a couple little bullet points. Uh, ministering in healthy relationship looks like valuing those God wants you to speak to. Okay, again, love. Just valuing them as a person. They don't believe what you believe. They're living a sinful lifestyle. They're a mess, whatever. Can you value them as a human being that Jesus Christ died for? Can you value them and, 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 and not talk down to them and not, you know what I mean? Honor, again, so value and honor. Love, love what God, love how God sees them. Love how God designed them. Love the gifts God put in them. Love them the way God sees and loves them. Beyond what they're doing, beyond what they're saying. Um, and this is funny. I think you mentioned this. You can have conversations in other countries about beliefs and it's never an argument. I was just listening to a podcast. This should be Marriage 101. Your goal in an argument, your goal in a misunderstanding is not agreement. It is understanding the other person's heart. Our goal in reaching out to the world and ministering to them is not to shove things down their throat and tell them they are wrong and we are right. Our goal is understanding. Um, 
you know, and then as we do that in honoring, loving ways, they're going to ask more questions. Again, if you're being a loving, faithful person, if you're doing your job with excellence and you're not gossiping and, you know, all these things we know not know, know how we should live. Again, when your goal is love and connecting people to God's heart for them, you can mess up and still reveal God. Okay, here's a quote from Stephanie Gretzinger, um, worship leader out of Bethel. Again, she was on Sean Boltz's podcast. I got a lot out of that one. It was really good. She wrote an album that was more of a secular album, but again, it's spiritual truths and it's love stories. And I told you guys back in March, you know, I got baptized by the Holy Spirit and I didn't have access to Christian worship music. I was worshiping to secular love songs. <laughs> but anyway, so she creates this album and six months after it comes out, she says, can I tell you what God told me? And she says, Stephanie, this is God speaking to her, but take this for yourself. God says, I am so much better at making myself known than you are at introducing me. I am so much, God is so much better at making himself known if you will show up and love well and be faithful over what he's put in your hand and what he's put in your heart than we are at introducing him. Miracles and the message. Okay, 718. So what I want to do for the last part is just practice a little bit again. Who is here for the last practice? Some of you guys. Okay, so what this looks like is we're just, we're going to play some music. I kind of was a little against that at first, but I, it's okay. It's practice. Because there's not worship music. There aren't, there's not worship music and a pastor leading us in what's going on and showing us what God's doing when we're out in the real world. But that's okay. What's that? Mood music. Mood music. We're going to have a little mood music just to make it less awkward. And, but... That's not in the real world. So be practicing hearing God in everyday circumstances, okay? Because he is, again, like we said, he is speaking. A um, couple ground rules, you know, we're not going to hear correction or condemnation over people. This isn't the place for that today. If you uh, feel like you're getting a correction, you know, for somebody uh, in a sin situation, then take them aside, ask them questions, be really relational and healing in that way, or just pray over it. Um, but that's not what we're going to do tonight. We're not doing correction, obviously not condemnation. Um, and I want us to really press in tonight for specific information. I want us to say, okay, God, show me something specific about Larry. And here's the thing. I don't want you guys to be afraid in this because I used to be afraid of the prophetic. Like they were, gonna, it was, they were reading my mail and they were going to tell everybody everything I had done wrong and how bad I was. That is not the heart of these gifts. That is not the purpose of these gifts. It is to call out gold. It is to call out purposes. It is to call out God's, how much God loves and, and what he sees. Um, so uh, don't be afraid of it either. So be, ask for specific things. And let's do this in a, a conversational way. This is okay. Ooh. That's our mood music. You ready? <laughs> it was like a good charge music. Yeah, no, you go, girl. Um, so anyway, so relational, you know, hey, Barb, I'm getting this phrase. Does that mean anything to you? Wow, yeah, that's my middle name. Or yeah, that's, you know, my cat when I was a kid. Whatever, okay? And if it's general, that's fine too. We're really just working on growing at where you're at, um, hearing from God. So if it's general, like, oh, I feel like 
God is saying this to somebody, then that's great. Speak it out. Um, but I really, I don't know, me, I want to keep going after specifics. And I, I do have a couple things. Um, Larry, speaking of you, that several weeks ago, I don't know when this was, in this last season, <laughs> you were here and you were talking, we were talking about houses or something, and I don't remember why, because you were talking about your house there and it's upgrade and upwork and I'm like, yeah, I, I just rent or something like that. But during worship that night, I felt like God said, basically, and I don't have more than this, but he said, um, just trust me, I will build your house. And obviously that wasn't your physical house, but there's things in your life that God says, just trust me, I will build the house. And then um, I have one more thing. Does that mean anything to you? Okay, good. Okay, thank you for the feedback. Um, Last week during worship, I had this word, and then I didn't ask anybody or speak it out, but I had this phrase in my head. Let me know if this means anything to anybody. Um, Pins and needles. Pins and needles, and I don't know if that's, you feel like you're on pins and needles or you, your body physically feels that. Does, any, does that mean anything to anybody? Okay, cool. See, I get that a lot too, so that works. That's what we're, that's what we're doing. All right, so I'm going to pray, and we um, will go ahead. I'll turn the microphone off and sit with you, and we'll just, we'll just try hearing from God for each other, okay? Father God, I just thank you. <laughs> you are so much better than we could imagine. So God, I just thank you for that. And I thank you for just increasing our capacity to love this world, to love those around us, increasing our capacity to um, be in your presence. God, I pray that we would value your word and your presence above anything else, that God, we would strive to to not, not break that fellowship and not do things that would violate our relationship with you, God, in word and thought and deed. Just thank you, Jesus. And I just pray that we would just continue to grow in knowing who you are and knowing your goodness and grow in your love for this world so that we can just speak out and introduce you (laughs) as best we know how.